Transcending the Veil. Today we are gonna discuss aliens, UFOs, and spirituality. And together with me, I have my co-host Nils. And we have chosen this topic uh, because it's something that is very interesting to us. For me, because the concept of aliens for me means that the world suddenly gets much bigger than just being a human. What does it mean for you, Nils, this topic? Right. I think first we, or I would like to establish what we refer to when we talk about aliens. I think aliens, when, when we mention that word, we, or most people, immediately have this grey-shaped, sort of with a almond-shaped black eyes in their mind. Essentially that alien drawing that came around um, due to pop culture. So alien really refers to that phenomenon that we have other physical entities possibly visiting us on Earth and that they exist and are often displayed in that form. Obviously there are variations, but that is probably the most common one. So I think that that essentially is the word what it refers to in the current consciousness of humanity and in our current generations. What it means to me is essentially more than just the physical appearance, and this is what I really like to discuss today, is what is the connection between aliens, the physical phenomena, and the spiritual approach that we have on Earth of spiritual teachings. Okay. And where do you want to start? I think I'd like to start on the physical part first, because that is probably the part that needs to be described more in detail. Whereas spirituality, I think we can use that word and that concept, what is behind spirituality as it is right now, in in present on on earth whereas i think aliens is still a, a topic that is a bit tricky because it is coming from the physical appearance of aliens same as for ufos but yet at the same point we don't actually have physical proof as such for current generations or at least I think we need to talk about what is physical proof because we could argue that we have proof of them but I think that requires a bit of an explanation what we can take as proof. So if we dive into what we can observe physically on earth we can go back into archaeology where we have basically findings of texts that refer to star people or entities from let's say heaven or above earth 
and we also have references or drawings from essentially flying objects. There's even a, a very famous drawing. Uh, well, but most of them are quite famous, but there, there's one drawing apparently drawn in Germany at some point where a war in the sky is displayed of, let's say, light orbs fighting each other with explosions. That's quite interesting. And, and how old is that? Is that uh, it is actually, uh, right, in, in terms of the history of humanity, it is quite recent. So I think it dates back a few hundred years only. I, I don't think it's t thousand years, but a few hundred years. Um, I think it's around medieval times, if I'm not mistaken. But then we also need to mention uh, that in India, there is certainly references and quite accurate description of flying objects. Uh, I think we also need to mention Lemuria and the text ar around that. So th there are a lot of references. Then I think what's quite often discussed is in Egypt in, in the text that there are references to aliens and so on. But this is a bit tricky because some channelings disprove certain points that or certain people think are references um, as a bit of a tricky area. And we have findings in South America. And when we talk about star people, we actually refer to that these people have been on Earth. I refer to them as people, but let's call them entities. And these entities appear to some entities appear to be of a different size, so they're larger, and that is shown. There's even a map that shows on the southern continent of America, or of the Americas, uh, larger entities next to humans. And that is an ancient map. I can't remember the name of the map, so that is interesting. Not sure if that is real, but... At least there is this occurrence of different sized people. Also, the uh, well, apparently in South America, they found skulls with elongated heads, right? Or elongated yes. skulls. Apparently, there's a museum where they display them. And if I'm not mistaken, you have actually visited that museum, so you you've, you've seen it with your own eyes. Yes, I have. Yeah. So then obviously we need to mention a quite famous TV show called Ancient Aliens that explore a lot of excavations, let's say knowledge from ancient civilizations and the possible interference with other entities, extraterrestrials. Quite often apparently they have been rulers of people and were regarded as either gods or well at least they were related to as obviously being a, a different entity with more knowledge apparently there was a bit of knowledge transfer as well so so that is what i would regard to well first of all i, I think the the tv show ancient aliens is is interesting they have some interesting 
facts in there. However, their conclusion is always whatever they find, there is a reason for an alien. And I think that that makes it a bit tricky, that TV show, um, that they are not fully open-minded. They're a bit narrow-minded towards that topic. I don't want to say it is wrong, their conclusion, but it, it feels a bit strange. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if so some of their conclusions are not entirely accurate. Would you consider what is called crop circles as evidence of their existence? For me, that falls under that category, yes. Because there have been observations of video footage where light orbs circle across a field while the crop circle is manifesting itself. On other parts, there have been communications where there was, I think it was done by research, by any research institute, I'm not entirely sure whether it was NASA or someone. They sent out a, I believe it was a radio signal out into space that um, basically included an image and a bit of information about humanity on Earth, very rudimentary. And a bit later, a crop circle, well, not a circle, but a, let's say a crop display or sort of an imprint imprint was visible on Earth. Uh, I'm not sure whether it was in the UK or in somewhere in Europe at least, that had an answer from aliens where it was sort of the correlating answer was given to that image with information of their species. And that, I would regard that as proof. What would you say, um, like, crop circles um, could be man-made? Is that possible, do you think? Like, people get people like to get attention and uh, perhaps creating these kind of perhaps simplistic uh, patterns on a, a crop field. Um, it is possible. What are your thoughts on that? Right, yeah. So there is the obvious argument that right it, aliens do not exist and uh, it needs to be at least made on earth interesting fact though is that when you look at the crop how it is bent we have observed that at the bending point it is actually not um sort of cut off the 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 crops are not damaged in that tiny area they are bent yes but not in a way as we would have achieved if, if we would have done it ourselves through any type of means that we can imagine the the crops are actually fully intact even through that bending point which is you know a very tiny point so there is some evidence already there that we we could not have achieved that kind of display and and why do you think that they create if those are created by extraterrestrials or otherworldly intelligences why do you think that they create them here 
there is a documentary and the problem is I can't remember the title of it. There's a version one, there's a, a documentary part one and a documentary that came out a bit later, part two. And they explore those crop circles and what they came up with with an explanation is that these images that we see in the crop circles they can be put into a 3d image by a bit of computer simulation so essentially we could see those image those crop circles as the shadow of a 3d object and then they make a totally different picture and what it looks like most of them relate to things that are explored in spirituality essentially um, there are displays of the flower of life there are other concepts displayed how things are related to each other uh, about sacred geometry um, which are and leads leading to the fundamental building blocks how things work between physicality and non-physicality so it looks more like those are informations that are, let's say, seeded into Earth for consciousness of humanity to explore that and evolve the consciousness of humanity in a sense. So it is essentially it looks like they're concepts that are put on Earth for us to explore. Okay, so the main assumption is that the intelligence that created that is has good intentions. That, yes. That's my understanding, right? I think the, the intention of good or bad was not really explored in at least what I've seen or read about. Because the big question is what is actually displayed and this is kind of the topic what is explored. And I think regarding other proof, I think we should um, mention um, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I think very interesting is his documentary called Unacknowledged, which really put sort of, yeah, the truth around this entire topic onto the map, right? It showed humanity or it showed the world, right? This is a phenomenon, yes, but it is real. And most importantly or interestingly, there are a lot of whistleblowers from the government or even pilots, commercial pilots, that have seen these objects. And we have data about them, we have radar information, we have other data about them that prove that this phenomena is real. Then it obviously goes a bit further of, right, the whistleblowers of really telling us the story of having interactions with these entities where we don't have much proof about them. But within that story of the other phenomena where we have proof of uh, about, that story makes sense. I would, I would at least state that. And what is also interesting, there's another movie called The Phenomenon. And what's interesting about that documentary is it, right, in, in the field of alien and UFO phenomenon, there, there are many documentaries and there's a lot of video footage about them. 
and there are even entities that examine those footages in order to determine whether they are real or not. And even in the private sector, people say, well, at least 90% is fake or not real. There's only about 10% that is real. So that, that is always an interesting factor to keep in mind that if, if you see something on YouTube is, yeah, take it with a grain of salt and really examine whether that is real or not. Um, also, we, we had or have government projects such as Project Blue Book and so on that analyzed all of that. It is a bit tricky how, how, how we view Project Blue Book because to the public it was um, at least advertised that this is a legit operation to analyze public sightings. Uh, and this is in the US, correct? That was in the US during the last century, yeah. And there have been other projects and apparently there are still some other projects running right now to, that do exactly that. Basically to, to ingest public knowledge about this and public sighting and analyze what it is. At the times of Project Blue Book, apparently to the outside world, they always disproved those sightings. However, on the inside, they took that and followed the leads essentially because there was some real governmental interest in these topics so that is interesting do you think um let's say regarding proof again uh let's talk about the roswell crash that is probably uh, very much uh, in the consciousness of uh people interested in in ufos the the roswell crash i believe it was in 1947 in new mexico um, it got very popularized, uh, and uh, the first explanation, I believe, was that it was a flying object, and then the the story goes that it was um, uh, a weather balloon. Yes. So yeah, exactly. the The first news article was right: UFO crash in the desert, or something like this. And then the next day, all the media told a different story after they've been briefed by the government. So so we have proof of this information change. That's very interesting. Uh, what I find interesting, there's a book around which is called The Day After Roswell. And it was written by a guy from the US military. And that guy was not directly present at the Roswell incident. However, he was very a very high-ranking officer and during later years he had encounters with the physical debris of that crash and even further down in his military career he was, I think he was uh, military intelligence or something, he was looking after the entire dossier that the military built of the Roswell crash. And he was in charge of how to infiltrate that knowledge that was gained from examining the entities and that crashed object, UFO, into humanity. And he, he goes quite detailed into it, how they... They, for example, the, the knowledge they got out of that was um, related to night vision 
and they seeded that knowledge into current research at the time current research projects at either universities or research institutes or labs in order to support their research with the knowledge they've gained from that crash also the laser or the, the let's say the development of the laser was accelerated due to learnings from that crash uh, he names around four technologies i believe um, that got accelerated due to that finding from that crash and he was looking over that and that is all explained in that book um, so that is interesting to get the let's say other side what that crash is whereas in pop culture or our consciousness it is more displayed as right the there was a crash and the entire ufo hype and phenomenon sort of kick-started around that time right and that is where it's all where it all originated at least for our generations it is all because of that crash and yeah it is actually real as we see now from whistleblowers and do you believe it was a crash or um like let's say that military were using some kind of technology that uh, interfered with their navigation system yeah there is a lot of information about that topic out there as well um i believe in the day after roswell this is explained as well or not explained at least the situation is explained what happened during that day apparently there was a lot of thunderstorm and so on so in that book the assumption was made it was crashed because of a lightning hit or something right there, there is some logical explanation what happened um apparently was a bit confusing and was interesting the because it was around an area where there was a lot of military sky observation due to some secret bases in that area and the radar stations they've observed a lot of ufos over the past couple of days that phenomenon is also described in books such as um, selected by extraterrestrials which is also a book written by a whistleblower from the u.s government that really tells the story of how that interface between humanity and extraterrestrials in the military worked in the last decade and how technology was developed that there was a lot of ufo sightings but when we look into the topic of channelings where we have quite famous channelings the essentially the recent 60 years where entities speak through human beings which are non-physical entities they also explain this from a different perspective uh, and then we also need to mention um, probably the the most recent sort of knowledge that is fed on earth through contactees such as elena danan apparently she is in contact with entities that are also physical and they explain these events slightly different i'm not sure if elena danan specifically goes into roswell i'm not sure but i think in the seth material 
by Jane Roberts, which is channeled information. This event was explained generally as a technology transfer. Even though it technically is a crash, but it was explained that to the consciousness of humanity, even though it is a crash, think of it as, let's say, a, 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 a well executed play where on purpose something was crashed in order to deliver technology on earth and as we see in the day after Roswell book it was executed quite well because that was examined technology was taken out of it it was understood and accelerated essentially research on earth on certain projects so it makes sense when we bring sort of the physical appearance and understanding from whistleblowers in contact with the channelings from other entities, non-physical entities, and that gets a very round picture all of a sudden because we understand both sides all of a sudden, not only the appearance, but also the reason behind it. So let's say that this crash actually happened in Roswell 1947. I can't remember if Roswell, New Mexico is also the same area as this well-known uh, Area 51. Uh, but let's, let's say that it happened and it was in an area that um, uh, people lived in. So how would those people not why won't those people share what actually happened? Well, the thing is, they did. But it was, in, locally, it was understood as it happened, right? They saw it, and people have been there, and people still talk about it in books, and they're referenced to people that tell that story. But the media, a day later, broadcasted a different story onto the entire planet. And why do you think that is? Well, there is a bit of another story that is with that alien encounter story in general, where is apparently governments have been in contact with other entities for quite some time. And if we look back through humanity, through archaeology and so on, we have proof of that. Okay. But apparently that is happening for the past 60 years and longer to our current governments. It's not only the US government, there are other governments as well. I think we, we have public record of, I believe, an ex-Canadian, was it military or foreign relations? Uh, defense, defense. Defense minister, I think. Yeah. yeah, he made a public statement about that. Then I believe the Iranian or Israeli ex-military officer or general, uh, I'm not sure what the actual rank is over there, made a statement that their government and other governments are currently in exchange with other entities. 
with other physical entities. Wow. So the story that is talked about most of the time is essentially it being a cover up, right? That public should not be made aware of this information exchange about those entities, about UFOs in general. That's why it is regarded as a phenomenon, because that information control works very well. It's probably the best and sometimes open secret on this planet, or one of those. There are probably many more. Um, so yeah, we, we have current proof that government is working on covering that up. And it started before Roswell even. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I remember watching the uh, documentary by uh, Stephen Greer, uh, Unacknowledged, where he has proof that media, uh, news, uh, what are they called? News outlets like CBS or American outlets, um, journalists there have been uh, bribed either to change a story or even uh, not air a certain uh, event that they knew about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, there are more and more whistleblowers and people that have inside information or people that get contacted by people that have inside information because most of the people can't really talk publicly about it. Yet, at the same time, what is very interesting in current years is that obviously there is some media footage now distributed in this world of apparent objects that are flying around um, uh, recorded by US fighter planes and now we have laws all of a sudden in the US which is very interesting that basically covers whistleblowers that they cannot be prosecuted anymore on these topics. So for some reason, they now prepare humanity for this topic. And whistleblowers can now speak publicly about it. So obviously, there's a lot of hope that we hear more stories and more whistleblowers are coming forward. But let's see. But I think this, this is an entire topic if we dive into this phenomenon of aliens and UFOs in in current years? In my view, um, existence and or life can exist in any form, in any density, in any dimension. So believing in a otherworldly existence or life or uh, let's, let's call them star people in, in lack of better words, um, or galactic family um, is not that far-fetched to believe in that, is it? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, what I, what really resonates with me is, for example, in in the field of spirituality, that the concept of different dimension or dimensions is explored. Well, we talk about third, fourth, and fifth dimension. Apparently, that is what Earth and humanity is going through right now into fifth dimension. 
we we have the the link to astrophysics where this is explained as well how earth is moving within the galaxy and through which sort of energy field earth is traveling so so that is that let's say physical aspect of that phenomenon and then apparently it is explored that it goes up to the 12th dimension it's very interesting because there's a lot of work and research on on that topic where apparently we can even physically prove other dimensions to right i think one or two dimensions above ours we can prove physically which is very interesting i didn't go too deep into that topic and then this concept is also explained through channelings and contactees and there we really need to mention elena danan and her books that she has written and what is explained in there is well first of all she makes a correction that she says apparently dimension is not the right word but density is the right word and she explains it in a way that right yes we we move from the well we we are present in a certain density and there are other densities up to the apparently 12th density and we have entities present in all of those densities whereas in our density is obviously a three-dimensional physical density but for example the i believe the ninth density is a non-physical density and then when we go up to the 12th density we apparently come to a point which is referred to as source source is a concept among extraterrestrials which can be linked to what we refer to as god so the all and everything however they don't have religion with their well due to their evolution they don't have religion anymore let's put it that way at least that is quite interesting that the concept of religion and that is coming to us through channelings quite a lot is something invented on earth but it is not present however the underlying concept that is transported through religion is correct such as the event of jesus christ and other events which is very well explained by the books from uh, Jane Roberts, where Seth speaks, or the the book Seth speaks, explains that quite well. What do you believe they are like? Do you, do they have good intentions? Are they uh, what well, should should we judge them? Why do you think they are here in the first place? Because let's talk about um, cow mutilations. I heard about this many many years ago, and I remember. You also mentioned this to me uh, some time ago that these mutilations, um, which is uh, essentially a, a cow getting cut up and uh, organs removed in a way that is not possible with our current technology. Yeah, so cow mutilation is a phenomenon, I believe, took place on Earth, mainly in the US, and it is also displayed in a in a hollywood movie called was it 
Contact of the Third Kind. I can't remember the title. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, that one. So that phenomenon is also explained in channeling books and contactee books. But interestingly, I have had an explanation as well in a channeling I had where I was able to talk to a spirit. And he explained to me that this is essentially done by an entity or by an extraterrestrial race that is examining Earth in order to understand the evolutionary stage of Earth. So their idea is to examine the food chain. So they, that's why they took out organs quite precisely from cows, which is the phenomenon on Earth then seen as cow mutilation. But they essentially extracted organs and analyzed them in order to understand what is the current food chain on Earth in order to understand what is the current evolutionary stage of living beings on Earth. Why do you think they are so, in, in that case, uh, interested in the phys physical phenomena that we have and experience here? Um, thinking, I'm thinking that such beings or intelligences would have more spiritual um, concepts to be concerned about. Like, how is humanity evolving spiritually rather than looking at the, the food chain? and even examining a physical object, which we know is just condensed matter energy. So why do you think that they would be interested in that? What is your guess well, on that one? I cannot, I don't know. But what I find interesting is that, for example, the UFO phenomenon, and that has been proven by whistleblowers, has dramatically increased since the development of the atomic bomb. And apparently, what other entities say is, or let's say call them extraterrestrials or aliens, they say that they're quite worried about this planet. Because apparently we have evolved with our minds quicker, with our, with our reasoning quicker than with our spirituality. And there have been whistleblowers that, well, they're quite famous stories, and that's also shown in the phenomenon and other movies or other documentaries, because that is a proven fact that certain silos of, well, silos of uh, rockets with nuclear warheads have been disarmed by UFOs in order to show us that they are actually in control, that we are not in control, but they are in control. And there are also quite funny and interesting stories about these types of phenomenon where, uh, yeah, th those bombs have been changed and explained in the books um, in the likes of Selected by Extraterrestrials. So they are apparently quite worried that we have achieved the knowledge of splitting the atom, essentially, where on the same level our spirituality is not so so much advanced. 
and they worry that we could essentially destroy the planet Earth. And that is probably the only step where they would interfere. Because apparently they have some fundamental laws of this galaxy. I don't know if it's the entire universe, but of, at least of our galaxy, of rules of non-interference, where they say they're not allowed to interfere with the free will of an entity. So humanity, essentially. So they would interfere if we were about to destroy this planet. But apart from that, they will never interfere. So that is quite interesting. I find it interesting because they essentially say that we should receive, should have received this technology later when we are spiritually so advanced that we can use it for good, but not for evil. So that's why they're quite worried and so present. Yet we're going through an interesting revolution or evolution with our human race right now. But I think that that is entirely different topic for a different episode, what is happening right now with the alien interconnection and humanity. Well, I just briefly want to touch upon uh, an impulse I I just got when you said that people are, or humanity is, um, our logic reasoning uh, is advancing faster than our spirituality and the uh, advanced advancements of artificial intelligence is just showing that i have a lot of um i know a lot of people that use this uh, so-called artificial intelligence language model chat gpt which is artificial intelligence not so but at least it shows that our uh, perception of reality um, changes very fast, very, very fast. And um, this then leads me to what you said also in the beginning that 90% of the uh, UFO sightings or cases that these, uh, let's call them governmental institutions receive or private sector um, investigations receive are man-made, it's CGI. And with the advancements of uh, these graphical tools like, uh, let's, uh, Photoshop, for instance, they have plugins now that you uh, can use artificial intelligence to generate images from text. Midjourney is another uh, tool also that can produce r- real life um, imagery. So it, it's, I think it's very difficult to prove what, it, like what photographs at least are real. Uh, we have not come to the point yet, but very soon that we can ask artificial intelligence to create a motion picture videos based on a certain topic. What are, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? So essentially your question is what is real if we can't distinguish anymore? Yeah, I, th- I believe it's gonna be very difficult for not just our generation, but then our the next generation following us 
how do we make sure that they can discern what is what is let's call it uh, true or not or real or not what's the key here do you think from a physical perspective i don't have an answer i don't know i think what's interesting though is the non-physical aspect of these informations because if we explore let, let's put out there this uh thought experiment that we cannot learn we don't learn but we remember right so that we learn yes but we do the learning in order to remember because we essentially know things already and that obviously links to the construct of we have a mind we have a physical body but we also have a spirit and a soul so if we say that and also obviously need to throw in consciousness into that equation as well so essentially we have concepts of non-physicality of our body or of our existence right and what is explained quite nicely in seth speaks by jane roberts essentially the entity seth explains that consciousness is much broader than we understand it right so he explains for example that the consciousness we use and have access to in our awakened state is only a tiny part of our bigger consciousness which is part of us of our entity of our, each of our individual entity yet when we sleep our consciousness is much bigger much larger and actually when we go into deep sleep is the state where consciousness leaves our body and becomes the whole consciousness again and this consciousness exists in different realms so it lives in a place or exists in a place of non-physicality without time and he even explains that and this is interesting that the consciousness of different individuals know each other so for example leonardo da vinci and picasso had vivid exchanges of their consciousness while they were asleep yet physically not present at the same location and not present at the same time yet because consciousness lives without time there is interconnection and that obviously leads to a different understanding also of incarnation where we currently have this concept of a linear time and we talk about incarnations of the soul yet without time incarnations happens essentially at the same time if, if we would say it that way right essentially leads to the point that a learning your incarnation has in a different earth time to the current incarnation there's a direct link to your experience and to their experience to their learning and to your learning right now because it is all linked without time 
So that leads to the point that I actually want to make is right. Maybe you know already. Maybe you need to remember what is true. And that leads to the point of resonance, right? We, we talk about it quite often is that some information resonate with you. And it is really a tricky concept because we, we first need to talk about the concept of what is a soul? What is a mind? What is a spirit? And what is consciousness? I think consciousness I, I, I dove into a bit and it is interesting because all of those four words which described non-physicality, they are explored by philosophers in different ways and there are different explanations of them. So we haven't got a common baseline that we can say this is the meaning of those words. Those are concepts that are explored. Yet at the same time, we have channelings that explain them as well. And and they, I would say, resonate with me in a sense, is, is specifically what, um, what Seth explains. Because he puts it in a certain way. He essentially links the mind to the what we essentially can say the 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 thought process right the thinking the reasoning so essentially we can link it to our brain to make a bit a bit more picturesque mental energy is that it yeah essentially everything we can relate to our reasoning thought processes perceiving experiencing that that is our mind right whereas soul is essentially a multidimensional entity of ourself right so we talk about the soul incarnates into this physical body yet the soul itself is something that lives without the body or well essentially exists regardless of the body but it can incarnate into a body so you're existence can incarnate into this body yet it lives in a realm without space and time right and, that's yeah and essentially you uh, that soul can incarnate into other life forms as well correct. including what we call aliens yes uh yeah they're essentially other entities on a different planet right so I, I, at that point i wouldn't regard them as aliens anymore they're just entities on a different planet like we are here. So that also leads to a different point, which is evolution. Because you just mentioned that you can incarnate into different life forms. And there's a very interesting documentary out there, which is called The Hidden History of Humanity. It's not so much only about humanity, but essentially is about the evolution of life on planets in general and essentially it is describing the evolution of consciousness where it leads to the point and now i'm talking about consciousness and not soul where consciousness is also something that is evolving right it, it leads to the point that you can say a stone has consciousness at a very early stage and then sometimes a bird has consciousness 
and it rolls further and further, and then suddenly human forms have consciousness. Yet when we look at humanity and the evolution, we also see that there is an evolution of consciousness. Specifically, when we talk about Atlantis, it was on a certain level highly evolved, but apparently their logic didn't exist as it did as it does today. They were evolved quite quite advanced, but in a different way. They're much closer to spirituality than we are today. Yet on a, let's say, physical manipulation aspect as we do it, they didn't understand it that well, at least from our perspective, right? They did it differently. And that is now seen what we see in, in monks, for example, where we have stories that they can manipulate essentially make fire with their hands, right? Or move large objects. So there are different aspects how you can interact with physicality, but we don't have that spiritual connection understanding anymore. So what Seth explains about consciousness is essentially it is something that extends beyond the individual awareness. And that goes back to that explanation of when we are awake, we have only a small part or access to a smaller portion of our consciousness. But when we are asleep, it is much bigger. And then the question is, how big? And then we go into the concept of what is source? What is, you know, what is this all that is, which in religion we refer to as God, but I don't like that word because it refers to religion. So let's stick with source. We have also the concept of that every entity is part of source. So essentially that we are a fractal of source, that we carry everything within us. Yet in our awakened human state, we cannot access everything. But that leads to the doorway that we have a lot more abilities in that sense. Interestingly is how he explains spirit. Essentially, spirit for him is a broader term for non-physical aspects of an individual that include soul, mind and consciousness. Right. Yet this is now a channeled information. When we look into Earth explorations into this topic, for example, Rudolf Steiner, he also explored that idea. He never said that he got these informations through channelings. Yet he described it as a mind exploration and insight he received. Okay, so it's right. It's a bit vague how he got there. At least, well, he has written many books and I haven't read all of them. Psychedelics. <laughs> oh, yeah, who knows? So I, I cannot talk about how he got those information but it is an interesting topic in itself but where i want to get to is that he explains soul spirit mind and consciousness different where seth puts spirit as the overarching term of the non-physical aspects such as soul mind and consciousness whereas rudolf steiner 
puts mind as the link between soul, spirit, and consciousness. Right? So that, that puts us in front of a situation where for humanity it is not clear what those words actually mean. Right? And the concept is not entirely clear. For instance, uh, earlier today I was looking into this concept of mind and consciousness because I had um, a psychic reading uh, yesterday uh, by a trans medium and the entity that came through there started talking about mind and consciousness as, of course, separate things. But in that entity's view, consciousness was perhaps more related to what I will call the physical aspects of existence, whereas mind is, let's call it uh, present everywhere, omnipresent, always here. Mm. Um, and the the concept that was laid out to me was that essentially every dimension, every uh, density of existence happens at the same time and it is here already. And what we are currently um, experiencing through our body um, senses is also a spiritual world. We just don't regard it as, as that. We have forgotten this and and um, I started looking into the concept of mind and consciousness from a, a, a religious aspect. Um, how how does uh, let's say Hinduism define it? Because there are a lot of ancient texts describing this, and there are certain. Now I don't know it in detail, but I found out just googling it very quickly that. Uh, there are so many different interpretations of these words as there are religions and philosophies out there. So getting back to my question again, like our next generation, how would they be able to discern what is real and what is not? Well, the easy answer is with that concept, or let's say with that exploration that we just did into non-physicality it really leads to that aspect of right dive into spirituality evolve spirituality because then you know because then you can understand what resonates with you and what doesn't and that is the doorway also through the non-physicality to get to other information right and I think we, we can really now link the alien with the spiritual aspect. We, we talked about different densities. But I think we can also talk about what is channeling. Because we always talk through a human being that goes into trance to a different entity. That entity is not physically present anywhere. Yet when we talk to those entities, or at least some entities can explain to us, oh, I used to be incarnated on Earth during 
that time in Egypt, and this is my name. Right? So we come to that concept that they are present in a different density, in a non-physical form, and we got we regard that currently as spirituality, channeling, talking to entities. We also have the concept of shamanism, right? Or not a concept, but the practice, the shamanic practice. And in that, we also connect with spirits. We regard them as spirits. We, we connect to different spirits in the body. We connect to spirits of animals, of trees, and so on. And this is the way of communicating and getting information. And it sounds a bit strange, but as I myself have experience in that field, I can say it works because I have perceived things or inquired about things that were later on physically proven. Okay, so there is spirituality, but when we talk about the concept of densities and non-physicality, then we have the full connection to what the alien phenomenon is, because they are either physical entities in our densities, yet some apparent evolved entities can move between densities, for example from the fifth into the seventh, and we cannot perceive with our naked eye the seventh density, so for us they are non-physical, yet they themselves say, oh no, seventh density is still physical, just not visible for you. But then there's the ninth density, which is non-physical. And we talk to entities through mediums that are not physical. So that for me is the bridge between the two huge topics. Wow.